0: Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy.
1: Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Today, we're going to uh, do the 49th episode. Uh, We're coming right up on 50th episode, which is a huge milestone. We're super excited uh, that Justin has been podcasting uh, this much thought leadership out into the community. And that's really applicable because the title of today's podcast is Illustration Warfare. I think I know where you're going with this, Justin, but uh, where are we going with this today?
0: Yeah, like, like we always try to do, Matt, or I always try to do is to set some context. So for our listeners, the idea here is life insurance comes in many different types, whether it be term insurance or permanent insurance. We've talked about the different types using a historical view. But I think today, Matt, what we want to do, what I'd like to do is just for a moment, take term insurance and put it on the shelf and Let's kind of focus more on the permanent insurance side. And specifically when permanent insurance is being discussed, there is oftentimes illustrations that are being used to demonstrate to a potential consumer, potential client, how you know how certain permanent life insurance policies work. And because those illustrations consist of a series of numbers, which are a mere projection of numbers in many cases, what happens is there becomes this, what you mentioned, this illustration warfare that's happening in the marketplace. And I think our listeners need to understand more about what that is.
1: Those illustrations can be really intense too, right? So, I mean, and they're not always apples and apples right
0: they're not right so because the different types of permanent insurance are not apples to apples so what ends up happening is there there becomes this this competition to try to you know make the numbers on the paper spit out a very very rosy and attractive projection so that the client says, "Hey, I want that, right?" Because clients always want, you know, the 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 biggest number they can get. And if if it's being stated on a piece of paper, then you know, then it must be it must happen. It, it must be expected to happen. And that's the problem, man. I think that expectations at the point of introducing the life insurance are set in such a way that, hey, if X Y Z a b and c all happen then these are the numbers that will correspond to that scenario and you and i both know and everybody listening knows that life doesn't play out in what we refer to as utopia right so there's those x y and z a b and c different different characteristics that are all feeding up to this one illustration end up being different and so therefore produces a different result. So
1: that makes sense, Matt? It does. Absolutely. But I'd like you to keep unpacking that though.
0: Yeah. So, so let's do that. So specifically whole life insurance has the least amount of moving parts when looking at permanent insurance, it has the least amount of risk back to the consumer and, and, the most amount of risk transferred to the insurance company. And in a previous podcast episode, our listeners may have recalled that it's been around for the longest period of time in the scope of permanent insurance. So there's been good times and bad times and okay times, and whole life has done what it's designed to do. And it's irrespective of good stock markets and down stock markets and high interest rates and low interest rates. But, you know, there's this most, there's this uh, newest type of permanent insurance, which is called indexed universal life insurance. And it's been around and being, and, and been promoted and consumed or acquired by consumers Probably the most heavily over the last, call it 10 years. And if you think about the last 10 years, the stock market has done pretty much nothing but gone up, you know, north of maybe 300%. So it's an interesting conversation because if you look at an indexed universal life insurance illustration today, which takes a whole subset of assumptions. And says if they play out going forward, this is what you can expect. And what's happening or what has happened as we speak today, April 12, 2019, is that because the stock market has rallied so incredibly well over the last 10 years, when these index universal life insurance policies have been heavily promoted and purchased in the marketplace the illustrations have actually have, have actually played out fairly in line with what was expected the challenge is that 10 years is not a long time right 10 years is not a long time for anybody's life because you're building wealth for 20 30 40 years and then you're distributing wealth for 20 30 40 years so that's you know somewhere between 40 and 80 years that's a long time that's more than 10 years. So there becomes this there needs to be this understanding that over the next 60, 70, 80 years when things are not as rosy as they've been over the previous 10 with re- with respect to the stock market the question then becomes how does index universal life insurance behave and is it in line with what was initially projected and if not what does it look like?
1: That I mean you just really opened a big can of worms there. So so how how do you figure that out and how do you even broach this conversation with somebody like you?
0: Well, obviously the consumer is not expected to understand this because this is highly technical. <laughs> right, totally, absolutely. <laughs> right. So so I think you have to align yourself with a professional that is is demonstrating and speaking to and understanding what we're talking about here, Matt. So there are a handful of insurance companies that believe it or not engineer and manufacture this type of index universal life insurance and furthermore allow for illustrations illustrations to be designed in such a way that will project out you know a, an illustrated future income stream from the life insurance policy if all these certain things play out and we have the ability to Use factual information when talking to clients and show them that, you know, with a click of a button in the software program for that insurance company that man engineers and manufacturers that insurance that index universal life insurance policy, the the income, the illustrated income could increase per year by like four or five thousand dollars. And then we actually have the ability to show that, you know, that pattern can continue. So there, in other words, there could be another, call it six or seven clicks on the software that would then immediately project an illustrated income to be as high as $141,000 versus the initial $45,000 illustrated $45, a year illustrated income. So to me, like that's a big spread that if a consumer, if a client is saying, hey, I want to put money into this index universal life insurance because I want to create this future stream of income. And we're going to start with a baseline of $45,000 of projected annual income. But with six, seven, or eight clicks on our software, we can get that same illustration to project that the illustrated income is going to be $141,000. Like that's a lot of what ifs
1: it's a huge difference
0: so clearly this is information that not that cannot be vetted by googling index universal life insurance or googling life insurance or putting some word in that search bar and getting 52 million hits in 0.55 seconds but this requires you know education this requires experience this requires an understanding of what is not Coming at a planning conversation with respect to life insurance with a preconceived bias or with an opinion. But rather, let's just peel back the onion. Let's look at what is, let's allow the client to make the most informed decision around what they want to do with their life insurance and what role they want that to play in their planning so that the least amount of unintended consequences surface as they move through time over the next 60, 70, 80 years.
1: I'm just processing all of that right now. I mean, you you really... How do you start this conversation? Uh, Do you mind if we kind of go there? Because there are a number of different life insurance products. How do you uncover if this is... Like, what sort of questions should our audience ask themselves to begin this conversation with you? I mean, do, do you want people to come in and say... You know, hey, there's this thing. It's a IUL. You know, I heard you talking about on the podcast. Am I am I good for this? How do you do that analysis, Justin, to see which sort of plan you're going to create for somebody?
0: So, Matt, I think what we must state on the record is that we're not going to we're not going to vomit our bias on <laughs> on the client. All right, okay? that's fair. So we so we want to make them. We want to help them make the most informed decision. And so the way that we do that is we simply start to ask questions. For example, you know, Joe and Sue, how long would you like life insurance to be in place? Would you like it to be in place when you pass away? Or would you not like it to be in place when you pass away? So really simple, basic questions. And then based on their responses, do they want to assume risk? interest rate risk stock market risk cost of insurance risk participation risk capitalization ratio risk risk do they want to do they want to have all these inherent risks on their balance sheet or do they not do they want to do they want to transfer them to a third party manager of risk who can and has for many many hundreds of years in some cases demonstrated that they can manage risk pretty proficiently so it just becomes a, a conversation that, through a handful of questions that we can present, it helps us, it helps us, it helps the client determine what it is that they want. But it's it's a, you know it's a different approach in saying, hey, Matt, you got to do this, mm-hmm. right? Which I think most most people in the financial services profession, you know, come at it from that standpoint. It's like, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Where you know it's like, if I'm the client, I'm like. I, I don't have to do anything, <laughs> right, <laughs> which is true. right The client doesn't have to do anything. So it's like let's empower the, the the client to make the decision that they want so that as life unfolds and the the work that we do together allows them to realize results that are fairly consistent with expectations. It builds trust, it builds credibility, it builds the relationship. and then they want to continue like keeping the relationship it, the relationship becomes a lot stickier. If we can do that well, so the responsibility is on us to help the client figure all of this out. Mm-hmm. But but the whole idea around the marketplace creating these illustrations that can say so many different things without fine print and without an understanding of the various moving parts just creates a lot of confusion to the everyday consumer.
1: Awesome. Well, do you want to do you want to end with that today? Because that was a, a pretty good wrap up.
0: Yeah, this stuff gets to be pretty heavy and I don't wanna uh, I don't wanna you know have people falling off and listening to a little bit. So I think we gotta keep consistent with our sound bite, you know, lengths sure. here. And uh, we should probably wrap up here if that's okay.
1: That's fantastic. Justin, thank you very, very much for talking about Illustration Warfare. And if you want to have a conversation instead of have somebody sell you something that you really might not need, then you should probably go ahead and schedule the time to sit down and talk to Bennett Financial Group. So, Justin, thank you for your thought leadership today. Thanks, man. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time Justin comes out with a new podcast, we'll show up directly on your listening device. So for everybody of any financial group, this is Matt and We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Justin Bennett is a registered representative of Park Avenues Securities, LLC, or PAS. OSJ 1150 Raritan Road, Suite 201, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Phone number 908-709-0020. Securities products are offered through PAS, member of FINRA SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Bennett Financial Group LLC is not an affiliate or a subsidiary of PAS or Guardian.